Vader? Yes, Master. Send a transmission. Flux deposed. Episode 66 is upon us. They're more dangerous than you realize. That is true, and I appreciate that concern. Because I did crash my speeder the other day while listening to them. Fortunately, it was into a Gungan on the boom. This bickering is pointless. I agree. Vader, execute episode 66. As you wish. Thank you, Emperor Palpatine, for that heartfelt introduction to this episode 66 of the Flexible Podcast. I am your host, Jason Lacey, with, as always, the the people's champion, the bringer of the eulogy, Mr. Lucas Rose. Hey, hey. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I've never... Well, that's a first, folks. That's a first. (laughs) We are... We are recording on uh, Tuesday, July. We are. Well, June. Excuse me, June second. But you may say, well, "You guys are a day late." Ah, oh, what is going on? Yes, we are. It was. Uh, we had a, quite the weekend. Um, my wife Jessica's birthday was on the first. And yes, you may ask, well, what what big deal is that? You recorded on your anniversary. And yes, that is true. But I also had the Lucas voice. Yes, I had. I was under the weather. Ah, huh. uh, <laughs> I was uh, battling sinus. Sinus is pretty much all weekend, and Monday I woke up and I just didn't feel that great, and my my voice sounded like this. And <laughs> while I could have dealt with that, it just got raw, you know, talking for like an hour and a half. Probably wouldn't have been a good idea. So no, no, no. That's what we did. So and uh, yeah, we uh, that's what we did. We, we did that on the docket, and you know, whatever. I just wanted to have an excuse to say docket, so. <laughs> Any excuse is a good excuse to say the docket today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, so that's why we uh, pushed it back. And man, I'm just going to jump into this and say this is like the worst week ever. And it's on yeah. Tuesday. So I was sick yesterday and I'm like, all right, back to, back to the grind. Get up and go to work today. Drive in. No problem. Get to park in the parking ramp. And uh, our parking ramp where I have to park most of the time I get stuck on like the last the roof and it's it's you know it's most of the spots are on a slight uh, grade not too much so where I parked this morning I was angled so that my driver's side was angled downward a little bit and sometimes you when you get just the right gust of wind it creates like a wind tunnel effect through there and sure enough I opened the door and I I, part of my, you know, my door is probably worn just a little bit where it doesn't quite, when it swings open, it doesn't quite hold it from swinging too far mm-hmm. as well. And it just got a hold of it today and all the way, like hyper extended the door. And, uh, holy when shit. I, when I went to try to close it, it like, it wouldn't close. And then, like, part of a spring fell out down by where one of the, the bolts are. <laughs> Good lord. 
And yeah, I couldn't even get the door to latch. And so I called called my boss. I was like, yeah, I'm here, but I can't even get my door to close. So I, I was messing with around for that for like 20 minutes. And I once I finally got it like almost shut, like the fender, like it dented the fender to hell. And um, the door doesn't line up like where the door should latch. It's like a good half an inch higher. The door's about a ha- half an inch higher than that. So I was able to at least get it latched and then crawl in through the passenger side and then drove it back to Granville to take it to a body shop to get an estimate done. But I have to like, it's, I've got it home here now and I have to, I had to just disconnect the battery because otherwise the, you know, the door sensor thinks the car door is open the whole time. And mm. I just, I pulled the fuse out for like the dome lights and stuff. But the problem is like my, uh, just, you know, my dashboard's got, it has a digital display as well. And all that's computer controlled. So you can't just pull a fuse to disable that. So I was like, well, see that it's just going to slow drain the battery. So disconnect the battery, got an estimate. Which is in let's just say it's in four figures, Jesus. Um, because basically it's not an issue with the pins, it's not an issue with the bolts, but apparently some of the f- I can't remember the exact thing because I'm still like in shock of everything. But some framework with the door is bent, and the only way to fix it is to replace the door. So quote first quote I got is for a, a used door replacement fender, uh, transferring all the parts of my door into the used door paint job the works um yeah so i've got a, a quote in well i've got assuming a claim into my insurance hoping i can get it covered via comprehensive you know active nature of the wind mm-hmm. you know it's a long, it's a long shot like you know jess used to work in insurance and she seems to feel pretty confident it's gonna get covered but i didn't hear anything from an adjuster all day today so i still don't know if it's gonna get covered or not if it's not i don't know how the hell i'm gonna pay for it so i've pretty much been stressed out about that all day so i finally got to work at like two o'clock this afternoon so, Jeez. yeah. Sounds like fun. It hasn't been a fun two days, so that's why um, I haven't really been active on Twitter because I haven't been at work, and then I've been dealing with this stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> podcasting was kind of the last thing on my mind through most of this stuff. But, oh, man, what a... Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully this will soothe your, your mind and get you... Um, Get you, get your mind off of it for just yeah. a few. I know how horrible that can be. It's, I mean, car related stuff, no matter what happens, just sucks. And that that's like one of those things that really sucks because at least if the engine blew or something like that, you could at least say, well, you know, I guess it was going to happen no matter what I did. But it right. just sucks that you happen to open your door at that time and the gust of wind. Because I've had that, too, where I almost have hit people's car doors and parking yeah. lots and stuff if you're not careful. Well, so, it's happened before where it's, like, gone to that point. But today, you know, it just went past right it. It's past crazy it. what kind of damage it did. And, uh, Lord, I hope it's covered because I have a $250 deductible. And that way. That's a lot nicer. So yes, that's not too bad. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a wait and see approach. It's I, it's a little disheartening for me though. That I didn't hear anything back yet, which makes me fear that it's just not going to be covered. So I feel like you would have heard back faster if it wasn't going to be covered. Because wouldn't they had just been read it and been like, "Well, your policy doesn't cover something yeah, of this that's nature." A good, that's a good thought process. I like where your head's at. Of course, if it was me in that position, I'd been doing what you're doing right now, which is it's not going to be covered. It's not. I'm, there's no way I'm going to have to pay for all of this. <sighs> yeah. So. Oh man. So that's that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah. How about that's, we talk? How about we talk some nonsense now? Yeah. Forget okay. the, the forget the droll horrible horribleness of real life. So um, I'll just get into what I've been playing this week, or okay. you know. 
what's I been playing's, you know, what all that good been stuff. been playing? And oh gosh, I even how did I forget the most important one off this list? Oh yeah. Oh, um, anyway. Snap. Um yeah, I spent some time with Hearthstone. I uh, played a few matches last weekend and then uh um kind of randomly throughout the week. I actually got I got a few against Paulo um the other day. He was messaging me and called me a punk and stuff and asked me if I wanted to play. And, <laughs> It was kind of funny because he was he'd be winning most of the, the battles, and then I'd have I'd have like specific cards. I was just holding on to, hoping the right scenario would come up, and I would chain together these crazy like runs and end up winning with like less than six HP left. And he was nice. he was having a blast. It was fun. He's got some. He he was playing a uh, oh a druid deck, which I haven't played against much, and they they've got some pretty sweet cards in there. So I definitely mm-hmm. liked what he was using. It was it was fun though. Um, as you know from personal experience, we've played Dirty Bomb quite a bit. Yes, yes. Still, I feel like we're probably like the most boring podcast because, at least in a game standpoint, because we don't play any new games because we don't buy them, and no. then we just we play like the same things all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all poor. like multiplayer stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, Dirty Bomb uh, released their. I don't know if it was out when we recorded last time or not. They have their uh, their competitive matchmaking mode works now so it's 5v5 stopwatch and we've had some good matches and we've had some very horrible horrible experiences that we don't want to rehash but Mm -hmm. we've sunk a lot of time in that and uh, as of this podcast today on tuesday it is now an open beta so if you've heard us talk about a lot and you know never gotten into the closed beta it's now available for anyone on steam so yes you can check it out if you would like to. which means every server is now going to be full and you'll never be able to get into a game well That'd be sweet because sometimes there's hardly any available. So mm-hmm. uh, we watched. Justin and I did watch a movie of notes. Um, we actually watched it. We, well, we watched a couple. Um, you and we talked to you this about you in person, so you already know about. It. I'll just mention we watched. Uh, oh gosh, the boy next door, the one with Jennifer Lopez, and <laughs> yes, um, it had a little uh, a steamy sex scene that would rival some of the craziness that the Netflixations have put forward. Though I don't think you can quite compete with a wolf cop, but it was up there. Um, <laughs> not bad. I mean, it wasn't great, but not a bad movie. Um, there's also a chick flick one that Justin watched called The Best of Me. It's in a Nicholas Sparks' Facebook. And um, that was after that on Founders Night. And, you know, we were supposed to, you know, play video games. And I just never got off the couch. <laughs> yeah, no. And um, I watched a lot of it with her, and then I kind of fell asleep. And I woke up to her be like, "Turn this shit off! Something, something! This person died. Oh, I hate this." And I was like, oh, "I told you, Nicholas Sparks, somebody was going to die." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we watched this movie uh, that's been on our Netflix for I think it's called Dreamhouse. It stars uh, Daniel Craig and uh, Rachel Wise. And uh, um, boy, I, I'm pretty sure the trailer gives away the big plot twist in this movie, but. Uh, yeah, he moves, uh, quits his job and moves to this house out of the city with his wife and two kids. And uh, basically, there's a bunch of weird things happening with the neighbors. And, like, there's there was a murder in the house where the husband killed the family. And nobody will talk about it. And, um, yeah, there's, some like, somebody that keeps, like, watching them through the windows and stuff. So that's all I'll say on that. And there's a big plot twist and all this. Uh, not bad. Not bad. I can't remember quite uh, when it was made. Maybe 2010. Somewhere around there. 2011. 11. Yep. It's really weird to see him with long hair because you're so used to like the James Bond close Clean cut, and cut slicks. Yeah. And, and he's got not long by any means, but much longer than that style. And it's just rather unsettling. Uh, can I just say that when you were talking about the best of me, I looked it up on IMDb. And in the section where it says people who like this also liked. 
And every single one, except for one called If I Stay, the rest of them are either two couples, just like in in the, the poster for the movie, or three of them, which all have the man. Oh, no, two of them have the man holding the woman's head about to kiss. And then the other <laughs> one, obviously, the notebook is reversed where the, the woman is holding his head. But they, they all look. It's just like that. I think there's a meme that said, like, every Nicholas Spark movie, Sparks movie has the same poster where they're just two people embracing. <laughs> God, it couldn't be more. I mean, obviously, not all of these are Nicholas Sparks, but good lord, there's yeah. clearly a uh, formula to the to the madness. Yeah, that's what you should expect. Really excellent. And uh, yeah, to finish things off. I bought Splatoony, Splatoon, Splatoon. on uh, on Friday, and uh, yeah, I've played quite a bit of that. Uh, the as of was it last night? They unlocked the ranked mode, so. That's the Ooh. one downside with this. You've got a single-player campaign, which I've played uh, maybe six or seven of the levels, which is really fun. Um, solid, I'd say, design and mechanics are fun. People compare it to kind of like like Super Mario Brothers in terms of its like fun factor, things like that. And I would mm-hmm. agree. You know, it's the single player is great. Um, it feels like you can unlock some things in the single player that will like get you some different weapons in multiplayer. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I think there's like some collectibles you can find and that's how it, that's how it works. But, hmm. um, let's be honest. I, I haven't played too much of that. It's all been online. So my, so if you're unfamiliar, Splatoon's a third person shooter. Uh, the main game mode is called, uh, turf wars. So you're in teams of four and you shoot paint. Well, ink, you have like paintball guns, but they shoot ink and you're supposed to cover uh, more ground than your opponents. You have th- time for three minutes, so the matches go by really quick. And when you after you lay down ink, you can actually swim through the ink to move faster. And that's actually when you refill your your ink tank is while you're in squid form. And you can you know mm. quote unquote kill your enemies by hitting them with ink, and then they <laughs> they respawn. And then so you basically just have to you know cover more territory than your your opponents, and that that's fun. And then you level up, and then you had to get to level ten to be able to be eligible for the ranked mode. And you can join friends. Like there's an option you can do uh, matchmaking with friends. So basically, if your friends are playing, you can just join their lobby. And once there's a spot open, you just join them. And I've been playing. I've played with up to two other people that were on my friends list. And just each round, if you all keep playing, it'll randomly mix up teams. As long as the same people keep going. So sometimes you might be playing with your friends. Sometimes you won't be. I haven't really noticed that there's no voice chat. I mean, there's been a couple times where it's been nice to coordinate a little more. But really, you can just look down on the gamepad and you can kind of see where your teammates are going or which, or you just buy where the ink is on yeah. the screen, you know, because it's very colorful. And I mean, it looks great. So uh, that's that's the main way of, of, I mean, that's been going on. And then, so yeah, I've played a few ranked matches. Uh, and it's just nice to play a different mode. There isn't. It's called. Uh, gosh. Uh, oh, I can't remember it now. Territory something. Whatever. Anyway, depending on the map, there'll either be. <laughs> it's basically like King of the Hill. There'll either be there'll be one square or two, and you have to cover that with ink and hold and like keep control of it. And then while you do, you gain points. So it's just like King of the Hill, essentially. Splat zones. Splat zones. Thank you. And there's a new map included with that as well. So I've played mm, six, seven, eight, somewhere around that matches. I've only lost one time, and I'm like, you start at like C minus rank, and every match you get, you build <clears> up a little more. So now I'm a C rank. I'm like halfway to C plus. So uh, it's fun. It's like it's just nice to play something different than uh, Turf Wars. 
you know. But uh, yeah, the my, my complaint is that there's only two maps available at any time in each game mode, and then like every three hours, new maps are available. Oh, so you're kind of like weird. Like yesterday when I was playing, I played like the same map like six or seven matches in a row. Yeah, that gets old after a while. And I would you think. don't you don't really notice it too much because I mean each game's different with how the you know the ink covering plays out. But, but after a while, yeah, I'm surprised they don't do a vote system. Yeah, and I hope they open it up where more maps are available at a time. And I think pretty much, and they added like a the zapper, the Nintendo zapper as a gun, which is <laughs> kind of cool. But like you won't eventually you'll get like lobbies where you can have play against seven other friends, but that's not coming to like August, I think. So it's like there's a lot of content that was, seems like it was left out, like all mm. games nowadays. But at least you don't have to pay for it. But yeah, it's something different than Nintendo ever's had. Um, the experience has been smooth online up until recently. I finally had some connection issues where I've got dropped from games or like I'm um, shooting, uh, you know, ink on the ground and it's not covering. It's like lagging or I'll just mm-hmm. die and mm-hmm. nobody's near me. Some things like that. But otherwise, it's been a pretty good, uh, pretty good experience and it's, it's just been fun. So I, when I've listened to other shows and things, I guess the big selling point of this is it's a uh, you know, a third person shooter or an online shooter period that, you know, parents can let their kids play and not, you know, not worry about anything. You know, it's a yeah. fun, it's, it's fun and it's heart. And then there's no toxicity. You know, I have been what you can be called the closest thing to teabagging in Splatoon though. Cause if you hit the <laughs> left, the left trigger, you know, go to squid form. So I've had people kill me and then they just repeatedly squid and unsquid on top of me. I'm like, Oh, oh that, must be, that must be the teabag. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, that is, that has been my week, sir. Nice. All right, well, uh, why don't I tell you about my week in games and movies and not books this time, but uh, but games and movies for sure. Pretty pretty much one game, really, besides Ooh. Dirty Bomb, which you already talked about. And I Dirty had played bum. quite a Dirty bit. Dirty Bomb. I played probably more this last week of that game than I had previously. So yeah, it's so good. Um, I love it. It is good. I like it. I, I just wish... I could uh, get some more credits so I can unlock some more people, but uh, that's neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah, getting Anyways. that Merc pack really helped me. <laughs> yes. Um, so last week I talked about Saints Row 3, and uh, I, I actually ended up finishing it last night. Oh, um, wow. I didn't realize how close I was because I finished the story mode, and I was at like 65% or somewhere, somewhere around in there for completion. And I'm not going to go through and collect everything and do all the side missions and all that other crap because I have saints row four kind of waiting to be played as well. So I I've had my time with that and I'll move on to the one that I actually haven't played as opposed to going through and playing that one again. So, but I enjoyed it. I, like I said, I like the humor. I like the the story. It's, it's fun. It's kind of in your face. Don't take it too seriously type thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I told you about how it was basically, uh, smashing through Walking Dead season four, right and I, I, I did do that. Uh, oh, I th- cool! I uh, I'm really looking forward to. I don't know what it was about season three. Uh, I don't even. It's weird because I actually liked the character of the governor in in season four. So I think in season three, what I didn't like was either the town of Woodbury, Woodbury, however you say it. Um, you got it. And I didn't really like Andrea, I don't think. After she came back, uh, that yeah, whole thing was just slow. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I think there's quite a few people that were getting a little tired of her character. I, I like her character a lot more in the comics than how she was kind of portrayed there mm-hmm. in the show. But, yeah, she was kind of 
hit and miss. I think people kind of would, well, let's say it, she would just sort of uh, done what she thought about doing right away would have changed the whole season. I won't yeah. go into specifics because, you know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I don't want to be that guy, so. Yeah, well, I didn't want anyone to ruin it for me, and look how long it took me to get to it. But I'm glad I did because <laughs> that's season true. four, man, I, I that that's why I didn't watch it quickly because because I was just like, well, let me just get through this. It was it was pulling me through. Like, hey, these these are really good episodes. You learn a lot about Daryl. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you learn a lot about why the governor is the way that he is. Um, and yeah, I mean, without going into too many specifics, the place that they're trying to get to towards the end, um, I think really sets up for an exciting season five. That was one of the reasons why I kept watching was like, I want to see what this this place is that they keep talking about. So uh, and then, of course, they set it up for something interesting. So I, I'm I'm excited to to see what season five that's currently running on TV, right? Season five. Uh, no, it's it ended. It just ended or it ended? Okay. Uh, yeah, a few a few months ago. Probably okay. a season. It'll come up again in October, and then we'll have we have the spinoff, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, sometime this yeah. summer. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was glad to get through it, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, on the movie side, I watched. I actually watched three movies, and one oh, of man. them was because uh, one of them was was a freaking bear. But it didn't feel that way. Mostly because I I split it up into three viewings because it's a three hour movie. But the reason why I watched it, I had it on my list for quite some time, and we talked about what was leaving in June. And Amadeus, it's yeah, been the on movie. my list for like five years. It's it's a really good movie, but it's also if you, it's a it's a love it or hate it. You're either going to find it extremely boring, or you'll mm-hmm. find it a very interesting character piece. Um, it's about uh, since you're since you're still kind of on the fence about watching it or, or or thinking about it. I won't ruin the ending, but basically, um, it's about uh, Mozart. But more more importantly, it's about a guy named Salieri, who is um, the He's a um kind of like a king's um like royal composition musical compositioner uh I don't I don't know exactly how to describe it. I don't have the words for it. Uh, let's just say that job doesn't exist nowadays, I don't think. <laughs> now, um quick question, is it like the the is the movie like as visual as like the the poster art it portrays it to be? No, no, and not really. I was hoping to have um, like some weird visual aesthetic or something to it. I didn't but. really understand why that was the poster because I had seen this before, but now I, I I understand it comes from one of the orc uh, operas that he wrote. Oh, okay. Um, but it's it's about the Salieri guy who um, Mozart comes to his his um, country, his town, where he's kind of doing this thing for the the king or whatever, and. Um, He's not very good at his he's not very good at it unfortunately okay. it's just like when you're going up against somebody like Mozart who's just like born to do this he's been doing it since he was like 4 years old writing his first orchestra uh first uh musical composition and stuff like that uh it's about his him being able to deal with not being as good as Mozart basically and so um it goes through kind of his entire life with with uh 
having to deal with these things. And it's at first I thought it was kind of a comedy, but it's, it's not really a comedy. It's, it's not exactly like super dramatic either. There's some kind of lighter moments, but it's not like so heavy that you're just like, Oh God, when's this going to be over? But like I said, I did break it up into three viewings just because it was something I popped on uh, late at night and with it being three hours, you don't really want to start a movie yeah, like that at midnight. That's tough. I have to say, like, Netflixation has, like, gotten me into this habit. If I, I start a movie and I see it's longer than 90 minutes, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Just it, like, just de- it depends on if it feels – if you feel the length of the movie, then you're yeah. in for a bad time. Just like podcasts, like, this is terrible because our show is almost always, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. But if I open a show and I see something that's, like, over two hours, I'm like, ugh. Like, there's one I, I like listening to called Radio Free Nintendo, but consistently they're, like, 200-plus minutes. And I'm just like – uh, yeah, it's just not gonna happen. I like, I like being able to listen to like three or four different shows throughout the workday, mm-hmm. and it, I just can't do that when you have bogged down. But I, it, I, movies, it's a totally different experience though, because movies you've got the visual aesthetic, you've got the story. There's more things that can wrap you in, but there's definitely some movies that you're not aware, you know, that it's that length. Yeah, I think this one is one of them. If I if I wasn't. I probably could have at least broken it up into two or watched it in one whole sitting had I just sat down and planned on doing that. But because mm-hmm. of when I was watching it, I just had already planned ahead of time to do it that way. But it's it's a good movie. I, I would definitely recommend watching it if you're into it. Like I said, it might bore the pants out of you. It just depends on how into character-driven pieces you can get into. Okay. Um, speaking of character-driven um, pieces – uh, Whiplash. I watched Whiplash finally. Have you seen this movie? Uh, no, I haven't. This is the one that Whiplash this is, is about, the one about uh, roller derby, right? No, Whiplash is about a drummer. Oh, oh okay. Um, What's the it, one I'm thinking of? The one with uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got a very similar uh, something whip. But okay, Whiplash is the one whip with it, uh, I think or something. Yeah, this is the one with uh, with Professor Burke from Farmers. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> and. But, Oh my god, dude! This movie is probably one of my it it crawled up my list of favorite movies for sure. Okay, this is uh-huh. this is a fucking amazing character driven piece. Uh, they don't waste one second of time. First of all, it's not very long. It's actually like an hour and forty five minutes. So you're not in for a super long ride. But the ride that you're taking on is just like every scene is super important. Nothing's wasted. They don't. There's time to breathe, but even those scenes are captured, or at least for me, they captured my attention. I was like, I was just freaking tunnel vision on this movie oh, from wow. start to finish. And it, it's just because of the amazing performances in, and um, it's about, if you don't know what it, what it's about, it's about a, um, a kid who goes to a, um, a music college, like one of the, one of the greats. I, I can't remember what it was. It's not really super important. Just know that it's um, a very important one. And um, they have like different levels of jazz band. Like there would be the like first year students would go into this one. Well, like the top he, he's looking, he's aiming to get as probably all of them are, are aiming to get into um, the uh, what's his name. Damn it. I need to look his name up really quick. Dude, jazz band was the shit. I love jazz band. Oh, it's difficult though. Jazz band. I I joined for like one season or how or uh, one year, and I just didn't have enough dedication to it to continue in it. J.K. Simmons. Sorry oh, about there that. You go. There you um, go. 
it was great to see him in a role that was a little bit um, more challenging for him, I'm sure, because usually he kind of plays like uh, like in Spider-Man. He was Jameson or whatever. Uh, yeah, well, but, he's kind of he's been, a you know, uh, he's always been a supporting actor pretty much for ever. So it's nice to see, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is I think this is more of a career, you know, maybe a career turning role for him. Yeah, it definitely shows that he's not just the good natured like. Because let's face it, he plays the dad in so many things. Like he's the dad in Juno. He's yeah. the dad, and I love you, man. Exactly. You and know, I think that's his best friend, Hank Mardukas. I th- I think that's what uh, helps him in this because you see him and you think that he's not going to be that bad, but man, he is a terrible prick. And uh, <laughs> all of these characters have really all, all, quite a bit of depth to them, and they have drive and they have reasons for what they're doing. Miles Teller, the the, the drummer, play mm-hmm. um, does a really good job in this as well. But it's about basically being driven to to do what you love and where the line is drawn between. Um, what's considered being professional and what's considered almost going past that line to, to kind of get you to that next level. You know what I mean? To become, to become one of the greats, we'll say, Um, you know, and that, that's kind of what the whole movie is about. Uh, And I can't, I'm not gonna say much more about it. I just recommend it. Go out and watch it again. It's not very long. But it is one of my favorite movies now. It was awesome. Uh, and then finally, I watched uh, Foxcatcher. It's weird. All of these movies ended up kind of having the same theme, which is about basically doing what you love um, and what what keeps you from doing those things and what keeps you um, doing them in general. Uh, Foxcatcher is the one that has um, uh, Steve Carell in that really weird makeup. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He kind of looks a little doofusy. And um, he plays uh, something DuPont, Mike DuPont, something like that. It's based on a real uh, real story about two wrestlers who uh, in the 80s, late 80s, um, are invited to the Foxcatcher Ranch, basically, by the DuPont family or uh, this Mike DuPont or whatever is John mm-hmm. DuPont, maybe. And um, he wants them to basically win the gold again for the U S he wants to create uh, a wrestling team that Foxcatcher is known for basically being uh, producing great wrestlers. And this okay. brother, this brother um, team he, he thinks is what will put them on the map. The problem with this movie though, is that there's not a lot of substance from like the, it wants to be a character piece, but I think they let it breathe too much. The character's, have depth but they they don't give you enough of it to really i don't know that for me there was this awkward feeling like something weird was going to happen or something but it never does and it just it feels a little awkward throughout the whole movie i i didn't really care for it um that feeling i mean the movie was okay i would give it like a three three and a half it looks great Mm -hmm. but i don't know when i watched it it was it kind of gave me the well well that happened type type (laughs) thing i mean i wasn't familiar with the story even though it was based on a true story so i don't know i it it didn't it left a lot to be desired. I felt like the character um development was was just kind of left too vague for me is the best way I can put it. But it was a decent movie. It wasn't terrible. Uh so just watch at your own risk, I guess. If you if you haven't seen it yet and you were thinking about it. So 
right. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, it was it was nice to see Mike Ruffalo or Mark Ruffalo in a different role besides uh um uh the Hulk. So that was cool. Yeah. And then on deck I have now you now which is weird. Now you see me, uh which also has Mark Ruffalo in it. So I guess I'll get uh, a little bit more of him and Fury. So I have those coming now that which I've is exchanged the, now them. Now you see me. Now you see me is the one where the illusionists rob banks oh, and God. stuff. Yeah, that that one I boy. That looks, like, that looks like it looks like hot garbage personally to me. I see. I heard it wasn't too bad. I don't know. We'll know see. We'll see. It's the second one out. I know there's a second one. No, Maybe I don't think so because I didn't even know there was a second one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a sequel on the way. So it must have been profitable. It's got Morgan Freeman. Well, anytime Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman and mm. Michael Caine. Anytime. I mean, it's got star <laughs> power behind it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now do your uh, Jesse Eisenberg. He never can say anything confidently. <laughs> and, you know, I saw the trailer for this new movie that he isn't. It's basically like if Jason Board wants a stoner. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the thing. He's like this. And Kristen Stewart's his uh, girlfriend. And he's like this loser clerk at a gas station and pothead. And then all of a sudden, like, he like these guys attack him and he like kills them with like a spoon. <laughs> and he, so it's like okay. real. And like and then the government's trying to like ex- like execute him. Or assassinate him, I should say. So he's like got all these, you know, he's like this programmed assassin, you know, that was raising oh. some government program type. So basically, yeah, it's like combined like Jason Bourne with like 30 seconds or less, you know, or something like <laughs> that. And Pop or something, and that's what you get. Nice. Uh, very, very weird. Yeah, yeah, and then Fury is that World War uh, right. 2 one with, with uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, and Shia yeah, LaBeouf, who's that. like, really hurt me. I need it to be able to act. So I heard <laughs> it's good, though. Quick side note, the uh, Grand Rapids Griffins have been eliminated from the AHL oh. playoffs. Two to nothing in Utica. Mother effer. So our team is out, so that means Jeff Blashell can be the coach of the Red Wings now. Yay! And, uh, in case you have not seen it, uh, Windows 10 uh, release date has been announced. Mm. Uh, I believe it's uh, July 10th? I don't know. I, I think. I know my computer has the... Uh, has a little symbol on the bottom right, you know, remind me when it's available to upgrade, da 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 da. So hmm. um yeah. Interesting to see what uh what comes with that. Uh July twenty ninth is the release date for Windows ten. So oh, those, are, those are your your quick notes before we go to the news. The news. Oh, before to we, before oh. we hit the news, sorry, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, did you uh did you happen did anyone uh happen to mention to you what I slipped in last episode? Uh, yeah, the last episode when you went to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't even hear because I skimmed the episodes and I, I like you mm. know I caught the wrestling music. I didn't, I didn't even personally hear that. I didn't see anybody referencing on Twitter. Interesting. Okay. What was I, uh, it? When you left to go to the bathroom, I left a hidden message instead of just cutting out the time. Oh no. <laughs> It's nothing big. I was just curious to see if you uh if you had seen it. I no, figured you would have said something to me. If no, you had, I'm sorry. But, I missed that. Oh, that's okay. It's okay. It's no it's no biggie, just a little Easter egg. <sighs> a little fun. Now you're gonna be worried. You're gonna listen to every episode from now on. No, what I can't do that. There? I've had enough what stuff to listen to besides there? my own. So This is true. This is true. Anywho. A- anyway. Yes, All right, the news. So the news. Oh boy, yeah, we haven't. Man, 
E3's in like what two weeks, so I don't know. Yeah. I haven't it's really scarce, paid. Man. I'm not really paying attention because like I'm kind of everything out right now. Everyone's like, oh, The Witcher's out. Everyone's playing The Witcher, and then yeah, that's true. Not much else cooking really. It feels like until until we get some announcements well, and stuff. It's like when you know you're gonna have a really nice big meal, and you're like, I don't want to eat before that because I want to <laughs> be really hungry for it. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. I'll just get. I feel like I want to puke. There's some pre, there's some new news like coming out. Like I saw, there's a Harvest Moon game coming to the Wii U. I saw that uh, was it uh, Dark Souls three. I think has been announced. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Um. Anyway, how uh, dark can the souls get? Jeez. Exactly. Our news tonight consists of first off, we have uh, not a whole lot to say here, but I think it's kind of cool uh, for the first time ever uh, in the new FIFA game, FIFA 16. They're going to have women's national teams in the game that's pretty freaking cool which well since like for instance here in the united states uh women's soccer we're much better at women's soccer than we are men's uh, but it's only like only 12 women's international teams uh australia brazil canada china england france germany italy mexico spain sweden and the u.s of a and of course ah, you yes. had some people be like oh this ruins the game blah, blah, blah. but i think it's cool that that's finally in there well I think it's cool because um, I remember I mean, you guys when play, you got you and Mike play. Well, the we were playing FIFA players. 14. I yeah. Know, but still. Uh, well, in NHL, you know, they made a big deal about that girl who wrote in and said, why can't I play as a girl? Which they have had, I think, in this too, where you could play as a girl, a female player, but you wouldn't get in a whole female, a women's team like like an officially sanctioned one like this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty freaking cool. I mean, I guess, how else would you? How else would you incorporate it? Make another game just for the women's side, right? Right, and everyone would do that because they probably just assume it's not going to sell, and then yeah, you're, too niche, wasted. Because you have to do, like they said here, you know, you have to do all new animations and character models. You can't just use the same stuff. The I stock guess, so. one. Well, yeah, because hmm. their their skeletons would the 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 uh, female skeleton in the game would probably not work right yeah because they have mocap of of women that they captured running and stuff like that to get their their movements so cool beans yeah very cool uh games ruined though i mean yeah right it's done (laughs) uh speaking of summer and things like that we have the steam summer sale starting in nine days june 11th get your wallets ready Oh, it is officially to start June 11th. Yep, and it'll run until June 20th. So, <laughs> God, this picture. It's a Steam sale, okay? <laughs> it's a boat with the Steam engine and sales. Yeah, and this was leaked from a, a Steam page on some Russian social network. This was back from uh, the 28th that this was originally reported. Scary. So. I usually get at least one thing on the summer sale every year. And as, I, as always, that as Reddit has advised me, do not ever buy anything unless it's the deal of the day. The last day of the sale or a flash sale. That's the way you're guaranteed to get the cheapest price on it. Yeah, I know that um, – I, I think it was on the last – one of the last sales. I don't remember if it was the summer sale, but a bigger one like the Steam summer sale that uh, uh, Assassin's Creed 4 was on sale for like the lowest price it had ever been. It normally is on sale for nine or no – Nineteen ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine, something like that, and it was on sale for like seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine oh, or something wow. like that. So I was like, "Damn it, I should have jumped on that," and it hasn't been that price since. So, <laughs> right. But yeah, I remember. I was just going to ask you. I was like, "What were those tips again?" Because I remember. Yeah, that's the best thing about that Reddit. Every day they have a 
uh, the uh, game deals. Subreddit yeah, has you, daily threads on everything. So if you miss something, it's going to come back up in the encore sale at the end, most yeah. likely. And then you always have those like the the uh, community choice stuff. There's always so much. Yeah. I think there was it. I had uh, one of my games was on sale today. I got an email for oh, uh, Odd World New and Tasty. It was still like sixteen bucks or twenty bucks. And I was like, mm-hmm. I got a car to pay for now. <laughs> I can't buy nothing. My car door flew off. Right. I need uh, to pay for that. This was just a rumor. I think it probably came from Neo Neo Gaff, like or Jaff, however you say it. Like everything does. But it was rumored that Nintendo the the NX was going to be some sort of handheld that was going to run on Android. And so you'd mm-hmm. see it, you'd have the mobile market and plus it played current things. Well, that's that's all it is. It's a rumor. Nintendo's come out and denied that that's anything legit. Of course, you're going to say that, but who knows? Nothing yeah. else to say on that, but <coughs> excuse me, that had been uh, gaining some traction, and it's not true. I do find it funny, though, that I have an ad here on for an Amazon ad for uh new Nintendo 3DS XL. And regular price one ninety nine ninety nine. I can get the Amazon Pro- Amazon Prime deal price of one ninety nine ninety six. Whoa! Three, three cent savings, yo! Dang, dude! I think I'd like a three DS, especially if more stuff was cross like cross buy. Because I've noticed like it is fun to like be able to play in other rooms of my house and the what the convenience that mobile gaming you know has with you it. You want to play on the toilet, don't you? Mm, not so much. It's every man's dream. Not in the, if you're you, if you're in there too long, your your legs go to sleep, and that's just that not, is very true. That's not comfortable. That's why I stopped reading on the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> but uh, I just I don't know. It's also daunting to like start a brand new plant form, you know, because you have nothing and you have to build up a library all over again. And it's like like when you get it, you first you're like, okay, I got to get it, but then I have to get a game, so you add that, and then if I want two games, all of a sudden you're up, you know, an extra hundred dollar investment, and it's like you don't have anything to play and. Ugh. These are the things that keep you up at night, Jason. Yeah, I really just like I was talking to Paulo. I really hate money. I hate worrying about money. <laughs> I'd like to just be able to like enjoy my life and not live in a, like a capitalist society. I could just contribute contribute by working and then just and live, you know. There you go. But not get murdered or have my stuff stolen from me. I you think know. we all want that. That's a universal truth right yeah. there. So, ugh, whatevs. And what uh, the last piece of gaming news I had is apparently just Fallout 4. Has that been announced? Because there's a countdown on the official Fallout site. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With your familiar please stand by graphics and everything. So it would appear. I mean, it was everyone kind of assumed that since, you know, Bethesda had a uh, was having a presentation at E3, that that's what we we're going to at least see some announcement of that of that. Uh, franchise you know so you know i'm disappointed i never really i played the older games a little bit and i have fallout 3 but i just i don't know i just didn't it's that open world man it gets every time you know just i don't know i feel like all like the big games everyone loves i haven't played like fallout and any of the witcher games uh the newer assassin creed stuff and uh basically you name it you know i haven't played it like you know what uh Bloodborne, you know, all this other stuff, you know, I, just, I won't ever play it. Skyrim, you know, the list goes on and on. So what do you think? You follow for, are you interested? Because I didn't follow for. Yes, I, I am very interested. Um, I recently was watching something that had one of the songs from fallout three in it because it uses like the older 1930s and forties um, songs that, you know, you usually hear. I, I think fallout's like one of the, f- 
well, maybe not one of the first, but one of my first, like most memorable using one of those old songs juxt- in like contrasted post-apocalyptic horror type stuff happening on screen. So like that kind of always, I always see that picture in my mind and, and related to fallout. So when I saw this, I was, you know, I played a little bit of new Vegas, new Vegas was kind of weird to me because it was kind of like a, an offshoot. It wasn't like mm-hmm. fallout four. It was fallout new Vegas. It was like, I don't know. I hate when they do that. They, they, they number one, then they don't number another one. And then they number the next one. It's like, what the hell? Um, but I, I have played a little bit of it and fallout three. I, I finished because I, I enjoyed it so much. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this. I just, I hope that, uh, I mean, the games weren't perfect. They weren't terrible, but, uh, they did have some things to, uh, to kind of hash out and hopefully with, uh, modern technology, they, uh, they can kind of streamline it a little bit better. And, and okay. The biggest thing that they need to do in fallout four is make it so that when you make a character, they actually look effing different because you can sit there and modify all the sliders you want, but you can still see that kind of like template face within. And it's just very annoying. And some of the people look like that too. So, uh, hopefully there's some more, um, just variants in pretty much everything. Right, right. Oh, there you go. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> uh, as of yesterday, John Williams is scoring The Force Awakens. Really? That's exciting. That is good news. That is very good news. Oh, let's talk some movies then. I've got a lot here, um, but I think there's a couple things that we won't really go a lot of detail on. I know one um, thing we won't. I'm highlighting it right now. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> Yep. Uh, first off, uh, Rick Baker is retiring from Hollywood. Uh, Baker is a famed uh, special effects makeup artist. Artiste, thank you. Um, recently, like this past season, he appeared on uh, Face Off, um, judged, mm-hmm. judged, and gave some critique for the uh, contestants. Um, what would you say some of his notable works are? Uh, they have some lifted, listed here. Baker designed some of the practical makeup and special effects for classics, classics like Star Wars and American Werewolf in London, The Rocketeer, <laughs> Gremlins 2, Men in Black, Ed Wood, which is a really good movie, and uh, Planet of the Apes remake. Oh, that's pretty good if you did the one. I'm assuming that's the that's the original. Well, not the original, but the one with Mark Wahlberg, right? Because those look – all the – the makeup looked really good on all the yeah, apes. Yeah, I would I would assume so because the, the rest of it's CG. I guess everything's so, CG and then those yeah. newer ones, yeah. So that's uh, well, you know, you got to go out when you're still on top, I guess. You know, plus he's got yeah. that sweet, he's got the sweet like white ponytail kicking. But like <laughs> his goatee's white, but yet his mustache is still still it's, has color. It's clinging it's very, on to some, very interesting. Maybe he drinks a lot of chocolate milk or something. <laughs> So congrats to a great career, Rick Baker. Thank you. It's for a little sad that he's retiring or the reason I, I suppose, cause he just says the business is crazy right now. Yeah. And I, he I talks about, he, let's see. It looks like he's going to keep his collection that his effects shop has, but he's just not going to run the shop anymore. Yeah. He says it's too, too crazy. And he likes to do things right and they want to do it cheap and fast. So he doesn't agree with it. So he's retiring. Looks like he said here too, is first of all, CG stuff definitely took away the animatronics part of what I do. And it's also starting to take away the makeup part. I would consider designing and consulting on something, but I don't think I will have a huge working studio anymore. 
This is just another indication it's, of the sign of the time. I know, and it's too bad. I really, I really prefer practical effects. Practical effects, especially when it comes to makeup and stuff. Animatronics, I can understand because you can only really go so far before you. I mean, no matter what, it's going to be. Yeah, it's hard animatronics. Not to... You can't, you can't get realistic motion out of that. But I mean creature makeup and and stuff like that the stuff that's viable for people to actually be able to 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 act and replicate that's the stuff that i i i want to see still done in makeup you know mm-hmm. i don't need a cg character that looks like an orc i understand orcs because that's a really hard the the way that the orcs are done in world of warcraft they're they have a lot of weight to them it's not a physical uh, humans like stature really other than that they're bipedal but <laughs> other than that like i want to see i want to see the the stuff done um with more practical effects let's see what else we've got in the pipeline here um yeah apparently you know we, we've talked before how much remakes love to happen and well bring back your crazy movies from what the 80s because now we've got uh big trouble in little china it's being remade with uh, none other than The Rock attached. So what we got here? We, we we need to have we need to bring Dave on for comment because I'm sure he since he loves Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York so much, uh, you can mm-hmm. talk about you can talk about this one too. But uh, here we go. We've got uh, studio has uh, Dwayne Johnson negotiating to star in a reboot of Big Trouble in Little China. So what do we have here? It's the, I skipped over that. 20th Century Fox as our studio. Uh, looks like we have writers of Ashley Miller and Zach Stentz who worked on X-Men First Class for the studio or on script duty for the film. And you'd, so we'd have uh, Johnson take over as Jack Burton, uh, you know, the truck driver who's dragged into a centuries-old battle in San Francisco's Chinatown. Um, Gosh, I don't know. I feel like what makes... That movie so good is how campy and like crazy it seems nowadays. Mm-hmm. Going back and watching it, so I I feel like a remake's just not gonna. I don't it's know. gonna be a gritty reboot. Oh gosh, we'll see. I don't, man, I don't know. Like I I like the I like Dwayne Johnson as an actor and stuff, but I don't. I he's he's like too macho for that. I mean, I'm sure at the time, I guess Kurt Russell was here an action star too, but um, I don't know. He's like more like macho actions well he's got know. the bodybuilder look as opposed to like yeah. the, the fit lean look that kurt russell kind of had but i mean he does have the the comedic chops too because i mean in most of his roles he plays that side of things too so i don't know i guess it could go either way but i'm not uh i'm not sold on this idea I'm not sold on a lot of the remake ideas anyway but this one especially yeah yeah i mean it just doesn't seem like it's needed necessarily Precisely. Um, there, there you go. I can there see certain go. ones that, uh, you know, certain remakes that you want to update for the times, but this one doesn't really have anything in it that I would, I think needs to be updated. Like you said, it's kind of silly. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, campy. So yeah. Why, why bother? Hmm. Oh, there you have it. There, there you, have, you it. have it. And well, we'll talk about another, well, this isn't remake, but you know, old property getting, funked around with again <laughs> Robert, <laughs> Robert Rodriguez is attached to direct a live action adaptation of Johnny Quest um, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense because he did Spy Kids and he said he likes yeah. to do that. The uh, rest of his repertoire doesn't really make any doesn't doesn't really go with this, but yeah. I mean, look what if look what uh, I, I guess I I think of like Tintin, and that movie yeah. was really good, and you know that's kind of similar. Hell, I would. Although, although you know, I, I used to watch Johnny Quest when I was a kid, but most of what I remember from Johnny Quest has been replaced by Venture Brothers. You know. Yeah, that is true. But I don't know. I guess I could see this actually being quite good. I don't know. the 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 property is lends itself well. Um. But is yeah, Dwayne Johnson going to be in it? Though. <laughs> um, I think this is going to be a kids' movie that just kind of comes and goes. Yeah, that's my. That's a, yeah. So. If it's a kid's movie and it's done right, it'll be successful. So, Yep. Not, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot to say else on it. I think it's still pretty early on. It's just still, you know, being planned. So, got the odds. Hold on. And I'm good. Um, that's like third time this this show. That's I've a, had a stressful day. All right. It's true. It's Lay true. off me. I will. And the Blackhawks are in the Stanley Cup finals. I have nothing to live. <laughs> I have nothing to live for. Well, I, yeah, that's something to yawn about for sure. Oh, speaking of, I, mean, I totally forgot. I watched two episodes of Silicon Valley since last time. It's gotten much better. Oh, oh good, very good. fun. Uh, back to childhood memories. We have another casting in uh, the new Turning Age Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Uh, Rocksteady has been confirmed to be played by the WWE star Sheamus. There you go. <laughs> underwhelming for me because as much as I talk about wrestling, I have no, I don't know who anybody is anymore. Really? So Dan, Anthony, Jace, you're wrestling gurus commentations for us. Give us, give us uh, updates. Thank you. Uh, here we go. We have a, <laughs> we have like a cast selfie here. So you got, uh, cause we didn't, we didn't talk about this before too. So you got Seamus is playing uh rock steady. And then, uh, I can't remember the actors there. The other guy in the back row, he's playing Jerry Bebop. Anthony Williams. Yes. He's playing Bebop. Bebop. And then, um, the other guy, the guy in the far right, that's the new shredder. I don't know who this, the female character is, uh, Muriel Taylor. I don't know who she's playing. Um, T's wife, Muriel Taylor. I guess. I guess actually, if you look down on those thumbnails, this at her right there in that armor and suit there. I'm guessing next to like no. some weird. Well, it says. Uh, the where did I just read it? Seamus confirmed the casting last night via an image on Twitter with Williams, as well as the film's new shredder, Brian T and T's wife, oh, Muriel so Taylor. Wife. Okay. Yeah. So she's not in the movie. Get out of the picture if you're not in the movie. Ah, right. Don't ruin it for us. So <laughs> I am, um, I am uh, going to hate this as much as I hated the last one. It's hard. You know, I'm assuming they're going to be all CG. So, you know, what's the, I doubt yeah. it's not like it's the films from the nineties where you're going to have them in some sort of, you know, suit. But I tell you what, when I was a kid, that's all I wanted. Like I still, does, I still remember when watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 or the secret of the use in the theater and they captured like the animals. I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna make Bebop a rock steady. This is gonna be amazing!" And then yeah, it was token, and then it was token Razor, and you're like, "Ah!" Or when they had the the scientists, I'm like, "Oh, it's Baxter Stockman." Nope, not that either. So all the things I wanted from my, when I was a kid are in this new one. Well, but Megan Fox is still in it, though. Yeah, too. that's true. But <laughs> and I'll still have to watch it. I mean, yeah, because so. you're you're gonna hope and pray that it's gonna be good. 
it, but and, it won't be. And it won't be. And you'll be like, damn it. Speaking of things that you thought you hoped were going to be good. Yes. Remember, remember the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I do. Well, apparently it's time to reboot that. That I can understand because the first one kind of sucked anyway. So from uh yeah from a critical reception I mean it made let's see here uh, it eventually made 179 million globally from a 78 million budget so I mean it wasn't didn't tank it, it just didn't tank but yeah it's I definitely don't really wasn't, know anyone who liked it yeah I mean the I'm not familiar with the comic but I mean from the idea you know something that would work and especially it's something popular because it kind of has some like that Victorian themed. Steampunk yeah. influence a little bit with the characters and everything, so I feel like it, it could do well. Was that like was that the last movie Sean Connery was in? I don't think so. I don't know. I will look it up, and you can I think, continue. I feel like talking. it was, and then he recently appeared in some uh, an animated. It was like an Irish animated film. He did a voice in it, but I feel like that James was Bond video game, and then Sir Billy. Yeah, he did a voice. Yep, you were right. That that's technically the last time he was filmed. What a way to go on, on huh? Yeah, that's think, probably I, what did it. I don't think I've ever watched it either. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, I thought we all went went and saw nope. it in theaters with Big John. Nope. Not die. Damn. I know I did. <laughs> I boy, like, was I glad I did. I like how in this cast photo, because is that is he Dracula, the guy in the gray suit? Uh, yeah, I believe so. He looks like Daniel Radcliffe there. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and what the guy on the far left was what, Dr. Jekyll? Or is he Mr. Hyde? I don't remember. On the far left? Yeah. yeah I don't remember. And that's Captain, I really only Captain remember. Nemo. Yep, and yeah. the Invisible Man. I don't even oh. know who the guy on the far right is. No, looks like Emil Hirsch. No, that can't be him. Oh, I here we go. This... Alan Quartermain, Captain Nemo, Doctor Jekyll, and Dracula's Mina Harker. I wonder if this did better, like worldwide, like overseas and stuff. And that's I think really... it would had to have. I just yeah. remember it being really cheesy. Sean Connery had a line in it. I can't remember what it was, but it. Oh, the game was a fort. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Except for worse. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, that was still one. You're like, you're like, oh, comic book movies. Let's make them, you know, and then we still silly. don't know how to make them yet. Yeah. Know? They're all still kind of silly. I mean, yeah. let's not forget X-Men had. What happens when you when a frog gets hit by lightning? The oh, same God. thing that happens to everything else. Yeah. Good point. Good one. Good that movie point. did well. <laughs> so who knows how terrible Speaking this was. Speaking of movies doing well, I still haven't seen Age of Ultron. There's your update. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a website up with a counter, but it's gonna count up instead of down. Might be a cheap theater for me at this rate. Yeah. Gosh. All right, let's uh let's move along. Overclock remix time. Move Booyah. along, move along. Nothing to see here. Alright, so man, we we managed to link the remix to the movie. We of did. our choice this week because our game is Scribble Knots. Game is afoot. If you're if you're not uh, putting up picking up or putting down, our Netflixation was the Scribbler. Get it? It was. Ha. All right. So Scribble Knots. <laughs> our uh, remixer is Proto Dome, and our jam is called No Resub. No Resub. No in the Resub. F- in the future, we will all live in Proto Domes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, this was Scribble Knots, released in 2009 by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment for the Nintendo DS. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as always, there's this remix and many thousands more at ocremix.org. And right now it's time for this one. So we're going to play it now. So, yeah, that scribble knots, yo. Let's talk about another scribble that has been scrabbled, and that was this week's Netflixation, The Scribbler, the sci-fi thriller. Yeah, I guess. Um, Netflix described it as this. Suki has used the experimental Siamese burn device to erase most of her multiple personalities, but one remains, and it may be her own identity. That's like one of the vaguest explanations that I think I've come across on this while doing Netflixation. We could only hope. Well, let's get into the five-sentence synopsis, shall we? Uh, Number one, Suki has multiple personality disorder, one of which is called the Scribbler, which she has been told is is a very dangerous persona. 
Number two, she lives in a building called the Juniper Apartments, I think it was, something like that. But they're basically apartments where patients who suffer from mental disorders go to try and live on their own while continuing their treatment. Uh, Number three, after a group of possible homicides crop up at the Juniper, a couple of detectives interview Suki about what has happened during her stay at the apartments, including her, her involvement with the victims. Number four, as Suki continues her treatment, a take-home device called the Siamese Burn device. (laughs) (laughs) Department of Redundancy Department. Yes, exactly. She starts to wonder if the scribbler is truly the problem. Number five, however, it's revealed that another tenant at the apartment, Alice, is the culprit behind all the deaths that have plagued the Juniper apartments. Mm. Spoilers. Mm. Okay. So I'm just going to say I slept through a good portion of this movie, didn't care about it, and still felt like I no, got the gist of it. Yeah. I don't think there was much gist to get because I watched it and like by the end, I was just like, what the F is happening? Like, yeah. So this this apparently while she was the scribbler. Which she like the the Netflix uh, the Netflix description is getting at the fact that she thinks that the scribbler might actually be her real personality and the one that she usually is during the movie is like her her coping personality or something. So the scribbler had um, taken the Siamese burn device and um, altered it so that it reflected people's true natures i guess so like yeah. uh one of the guys she talks to is hogan and it he used it and it and he became very pure because apparently even though he has sex with everybody he meets he's a very pure person <laughs> i don't understand the, yeah, the, the I, I outlook on this movie I is the part awful. of what you like doesn't say anything about the slow motion blurry multi-position sex scene well i mean that kind of gets into um partially down in here but yeah Mm -hmm. you know what let's just get into it because this movie is i mean i have some stuff right written down here but let's be honest there's probably going to be more coming out that uh that uh throughout the course of talking about this so let's talk about what i liked uh it's a very short list (laughs) um i did i thought the mysteriousness of alice was done pretty well especially like when when they're in the She's afraid of elevators, um, Suki is, so she um, doesn't – she'll take the stairs. And for some reason, apparently, Alice owns the stairs. She I don't know if she lives in the stairs or what, but for some reason, she's always there and people say, don't take the stairs. Take the <laughs> elevator. But when she did run into Alice, I actually thought it was pretty – They say like, that line about as good as, you stole my story. <laughs> Don't take the stairs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, uh, so, I don't know. I thought it was okay. I thought that part was probably the most interesting. Um, the The production design and the whole aesthetic of the movie was actually quite, well, let's just say it was decent. Um, there wasn't a lot to it, but what was there, I mean, for kind of a lower budget movie, it was done pretty well. A lot of green. A lot of green and gray, but uh, I was okay with it. I knew, I mean, it said it was based on a graphic novel and it looked like it was based on a graphic novel. Um, And so I was, I I was all right with it. I thought it looked okay. 
However, mm-hmm. it was ruined by something else in the technical aspects, but I'll talk about that and what I dislike. But first, let's get to uh-huh. the story stuff because there is a shitload of it to get through. Okay, first of all, this is like um, my first mister, Jen, Jay, or whatever, Jennifer. Uh, her, her, um, her way of thinking about life taken to the extreme. Uh, conformity. It's all about conformity. The, the whole, the whole, I guess if there was one theme that goes throughout this whole movie, it's that the whole reason why these people are here is because they're not normal. They're, 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 uh, they're crazy so that they're, they're not the way that they make it sound like if you go outside the walls of this Juniper apartments place, everybody wears a suit and tie or a skirt and, and, does whatever yeah. is expected of them. And like at one point Hogan says they're all fake. They're all photocopied. And that whole attitude is just like, it's very teenagery to me, especially when it's thrown in your face, like, like this in this movie where it, it basically is the basis for everything that's happening. I like how I think this Jennifer apartments really belong in silent Hill. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what no they kidding. Like, what the hell you know? is it's the just deal like, with it, that just, place? It's like I find it hard to believe I'm supposed to interpret that as a real setting, you know? Because yeah. it, it, it's not the movie's not set far enough in like the realm of fantasy where it can just be, you know, someplace like that. But it was just it uh, looks like what I imagine most of the buildings in Shadowrun must look like, and that's like 2050 to 2080. So yeah, this this took place probably more in like 2018 or. 2020 or something so not really it also rains there a lot yes of course it does because rain is moody and and we're all Mm -hmm. moody people aren't we yep um but yeah the conformity aspect of this movie was just annoying as hell it it runs throughout everything that happens and it's just it just makes me want to puke um one of the problems that I found throughout this whole movie as well was that the the director and the writer were not confident in their story storytelling abilities. There is you've probably heard me or remember me talk about uh show don't tell where like for instance in the beginning of this movie she talks about everything that's wrong with her matter of factly and and you just go man nobody talks like that that's just weird. Well, because you tell us just because you tell us that you are you have disorders or whatever doesn't mean I'm I'm going to believe you or I need you to show me. It's it's a much more compelling way to tell a story. Well, here they do both, which is even more annoying to me because then it just wastes my time. We not only get to, we're not only told that things are the way that they are. We're also shown in a rather drawn out manner most of the time. So they end up wasting a lot of time because they'll, they'll show us something and then they won't tell us that, or, and then they will go through and have a character have dialogue that tells us that either that's what happened or this is why something is the way that it is. And it's Mm -hmm. very annoying because it just assumes that you're stupid. Um, one of the things that one of the things that bugs me about this is that it's usually not even true in the in the sense that uh take the machine for instance they not only talk about um oh so and so has um has changed the machine uh the scribbler the scribbler has changed the machine while you were out and now the Siamese burn device works in a different way well that happens like two or three different times 
and they show it to you while they're talking about it, but it doesn't look like it's changed at all. You think like if you made a movie about a machine, like that's basically half the movie, like it's almost supposed to be a character in and of of itself. Why would you not make it look different enough? Like it's just, it looks like a pile of wires and shit thrown together. It (laughs) never looks any different in the corner. Yeah, it never looked any different, hardly ever, when they talked about it. And it's it. important when you hit the switch, you have to, like, slam it. You can't just push yeah. the button. You got to punch it. You got to punch the key, for God's sakes. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of show showing us, then telling us, rinse, repeat, why am I watching this? Um, let's talk about the characters. Uh, usually good characters can really save kind of a bad story. These characters are probably some of the most shallow characters I've come across. Basically their disorder has become who they are and that's enough for the writer. And that is never a very good thing to do. Um, She, for instance, the main character, Suki, she has multiple personality disorder. Well, none of her multiple personalities have enough personality they don't stick around long <laughs> enough to even become a character. She's yeah. she's just she's just a person who has multiple personality disorder and that's like enough. That's as far as we get into it. And it's like they talk a little bit like for 10 seconds about why that is. They like find her on the street or something like that. But I'm just like okay, is is that it? That it, I'm just supposed to know her as somebody who I I it's not fair to to just take a character and make them their disorder. I wouldn't do that to a person in real life. Everyone has a story and you're supposed to craft. That's what character development is for. You're supposed to craft characters and give them backgrounds and reasons and, and, and flaws and things like that. And these people are just cardboard cutouts, unfortunately. And they are treated as such, especially since 90% of the female of the cast is female and they all pretty much show about 90% of their skin at all times. Um, or in the case of the one girl who apparently has a phobia of clothes because they really Dude, felt they, like they, they didn't needed waste to make any time introducing her either. Did no, they? no, she's probably got the most, she's probably got the second most screen time out of any character. You know, I'll say there's a lot of, you know, people I recognize in this though. I mean, they had Elijah Dishku was the one investigator. Yep. Uh, Gina, Gina Gershon was Cleo, the sex addict or whatever. Mm-hmm. I had, the guy that played Hogan, I mean, he's in what? I think he's the dad in that Raising Hope show. I haven't watched it, but I mean, I recognized him. Yeah, he was the um, guy I said looked like 50 other actors that you yeah, get confused. The psychiatrist I've seen in other things before. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know that was Michelle Trachtenberg, though, because, I mean, she's constantly no. with her emo hair. Yeah, exactly. It's always and the sunglasses are constantly mm-hmm. covering her face. Yeah, it. that was one of the reasons why I chose this. I was like, you know... I know it's going to be kind of like the whole in your face attitude type thing based on the trailer, but I thought, you know, okay, maybe it'll be well acted. And, 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 uh, yeah, the guy who played Hogan actually considering the lines he was given, he did a fairly good job. Uh, with I don't it. think I, the I can't... acting was absolutely horrible. I just think the writing and the movie itself were just yeah, shit. <laughs> the writing, especially when you have a character like Suki, she just comes off as annoying and kind of just bitchy. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the I mean, there's quite a bit of um, ridiculous outfits going on in this uh, 
in this movie. I didn't mind so much like uh, uh, you were talking about Cleo. Like her outfits were fairly normal, but man, any of the young girls ended up wearing like short shorts and loose tank tops and stuff. So I don't know. There's a there's a time and a place, but like mm-hmm. when every character wears that, it's just like okay, we get it. You don't give a shit about life, but honestly, not everyone walks around like bearing all just because they can. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's get to the technicals. Now I talked about uh, production design and aesthetic being ruined by something. And that to me was the lighting. Um, Man, it, it was bright on all the characters. A lot of the time there wasn't a lot of depth to it. Everything. I mean, this thing was lit up like freaking neon was everywhere, even though it wasn't. They just right. they stuck a light in every like every possible area. And it just didn't have a lot of depth to me. I, I feel like they went a little overboard because it brought out the color like green was like really green. And like you said, it looked like Silent Hill in there. So I think that it actually detracted from the movie a little bit to have all this light just exposing everything. It, it didn't look as dark and, and grungy as I think they were intending it to look. That that was my feelings about it anyways. And um, the pacing, the pacing of this movie is God awful. It actually almost got interesting for a second when they started to talk about the, when they first found Suki and what was wrong with her at first, but that didn't come into play into the movie until it was like two thirds of the way over. By that point, mm-hmm. I had already written it off and said, God, this is boring as hell. <sighs> well, even like the, you know, like felt like they're, Okay, so I guess it's important to note that this was based on a comic book. Yes. And it wasn't until like that last scene that it actually captured the feel of a comic book, like the this the big fight scene. You know, that's yes. how I was like, oh, okay, this actually feels like I'm watching a comic book now. But it wasn't like it was kind of horribly done. It was like know? an origin story where Normally yeah. you would see Spider-Man in the first 20 or 30 minutes as an origin story. Yeah. Well, this was a 90 minute origin story. And it story. has to be dark. And it has to be raining. And I just like how the part when like she's been Alice or whatever has been beaten and she's like sitting there and like water is raining so hard. But I'm just watching like water and spit like cascade like waterfall off her chin. I'm like, good Lord, <laughs> this is like ridiculous. It's like somebody's pouring a bottle of water on top yes, of this. I, I man, I don't know. I just this is like one of those things that like. Well, probably if I wouldn't have fallen asleep, I probably would have had a hard time getting through it. But since after that, after that point, I had there was like that brief moment. It's like, well, I got to try to figure out what I missed, and then, uh, I mean, well, here I don't know. It, I can't think of like any too many things that made it just horrible. But it just it, the sum of all its parts just equals shite. Yeah, exactly. Any of these things, I would forgive, uh, especially a low budget movie where I, I I give it a little bit more credit because it's, it's difficult to make movies. It's not, it's not always the funnest thing to do, but you know, there is some room there for like lighting or maybe they can afford the best cameras or the best actors or whatever. But if you have a good story or if you have good characters or, or whatever, if you have a redeeming quality, you can usually skate by, um, with a low budget movie like this. Uh, I think it's important to note that also, and and you can definitely, I think this is the biggest problem with the the whole thing in general. The writer of the graphic novel is also the writer for the movie. And to me, it felt like they just took most of what was said in the graphic novel and 
directly translated it, transcribed it over to the the screenplay. And that is a huge to me, that's a huge no no. When something like this, the way that they're talking, I you can totally get away with that in a graphic novel because you can't really show it any other way. I find this happens a lot with Stephen King movies too. The way that their character his characters talk it doesn't necessarily translate very well to movies because people don't talk like that. Like you do miss out a little bit on the depth of getting in characters heads and stuff like that when you switch it to a movie, but that's where like their actions and the things that they do throughout the movie are supposed to kind of fill in that gap. This, it was like, they just took the entire graphic novel and just put it onto the page and called it good and said, ah, we don't need to, we don't need to worry about people who are, who are saying you know, that they're all fake. They're all photocopied. Like you can say almost every line from this, from this movie like that. Uh, 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 uh. And it's like, <laughs> it, it, you get to a point where you're just like, okay, I get it. Your life is shitty. I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> so Jason, of course, the big question is always, was it entertaining? Was it fun? I will bring back, was it fun for this? And you know what? I have said, yes, was it entertaining to movies that I didn't necessarily like before, but this was not entertaining and it wasn't fun. Not for me anyway. It, I don't know. I I would be interested to get some other people's takes on this movie because I know a lot of people who are like me and, and wouldn't, this isn't um, the type of movie for them. So I'm curious to see what anybody who liked this movie has like what their thoughts are on it. But for me, it was not entertaining at all. I struggled to get through this movie and it was only 90 minutes. So Netflix's guess for me was a, was a two and a half was a two for you, Jason. I'm, I'm giving it a one and a half. Oh man. I, uh, I stuck with the prediction. I gave it a two. You gave it a two. Yeah. That's probably being generous, but there, like, like, like you said, I mean, or well, I mean, there's people like you, the grunts on the floor working hard on the set. So I I feel for them. (laughs) Exactly. That's what that uh, that's what my half point was for. Like I said, the production design and stuff, there were there were some wasn't. If you're just looking at it from a did they complete a movie type thing, then yes, yes, they did. It actually doesn't look terrible. Um, the lighting isn't like breaking it. It's not the worst I've ever seen. It's just like you said, when you add it all up, when it, you look at the sum of the parts, you're just like, that could have been a lot better. And it ended up just kind of being, uh, you know, Yep. so one and a half and a two for uh, the scribbler. Um, let's talk about next week. I, uh, I, I was a little worried about doing this. We had talked about doing it and um, we're going into sci-fi territory again. And you had mentioned to me that you didn't really feel like this was very sci-fi driven. And I I would agree with that actually. I mean, you got that whole machine aspect of it, but I mean, when I think sci-fi, I think, I don't know. Look at extracted. Extracted is kind of a parallel to me with this where it's Mm. really extracted. Like the machine is what makes it sci-fi. And this didn't, the machine didn't really make it sci fi for me. It didn't really do anything that was, I don't, I don't know. It didn't look sci fi to me. It just looked like a, looked like something somebody could make now. It, it didn't really have any function to it that was like, whoa, that's the future or whatever. 
So whereas extracted, like it showed you how it worked, it showed you what it was doing and it showed you that it, it was at least had some thought behind it, that it would be complex. So all that to say that with that being so not really sci-fi, I said, you know what, let's just go with it. Let's go with the plan and see if we can't um, get a proper sci-fi feel from the movie of this week's Netflix or next week's Netflixation, which is uh, Parallels, the sci-fi adventure. Ronan, it's dad. You need to come to the building now. Dad left me a message. Yeah, me too. It was weird. Something about a building, like get to the building? Yeah, same. Do you, you have any idea what that means? I don't know. It kind of freaked me out. 156 Prospect. That's downtown. It's been empty for years. There's nothing there. Look at all this graffiti of different Earths. Avoid Earth 33, the contagion has spread. What is Earth 1? What the hell is that? This is your first trip through the building. This building jumps every 36 hours. The building is always the same. Every single universe, everywhere on every Earth, the building is always the same. You're saying you're from some weird alternate Earth? How many Earths are there? Some people think every possible Earth exists. How do we get home? There is no going home. My advice, try not to die. How does it work? How is it powered? Who's in control? I don't know! Who runs the building? I don't know! Whoever built it, they're long gone. Then who's running it now? Don't you guys want to know what this place is? Where is everyone? Everything's gone! Run it! Get out right now. What is the building? So yeah, Parallels. Uh, Netflix described it as this. This sci-fi adventure follows a small band of people journeying across multiple parallel Earths to help a scattered family reunite. Now, just in that description alone, it sounds more sci-fi to me than than the Scribbler was. So I think we're on the right track here. Um, this was sort of recommended to us by uh, Denny. Um yeah, a little bit. I mean, he, you know, he talked about it and and we were talking about how we uh had wanted to see it anyway. So, uh yeah, I I'll give I'll, I'll give a little shout out there. Um you may know Mark Hapka. Um honestly, you probably won't know him because I looked at his IMDb and I, he he's been in some TV stuff, so he might be one of those people who you're like I've seen him on that show, um, but he was in a thing called Midgets versus Mascots. God, I just looked at that myself, too. <laughs> so that's worth mentioning. I bet he's glad that that's on his resume. Um, I've also, seen Eric Jungman in something before. I just don't know what it is. I'm guessing. I think that might be Young Youngman. Yeah, it probably is. Or Jungman. I, I, um, he was in 1998's The Faculty, something called Monster Man from 2003, which looks awesome because it has a scary person, a monster truck, and three people running from it. So that looks good. Excellent. Um, and not another teen movie. So that's Eric Youngman. Jessica Roth, she was in uh, Trust Fund, The Hot Flashes, Lily and Cat, nothing I've ever heard of. 
and uh, Christopher Leon, who's uh, weirdly also known for Romeo and Juliet from 1996. So mm. that's kind of strange. Uh, I'm not sure what what did he do on that? I can't find his credit on here. Miscellaneous crew, self, writer, visual effects. Uh, he's a visual effects guy. Ah. Okay, so this mm, this will be interesting. He's uh, done work on the X Files, um, The Crow Salvation, Jingle All the Way. Weirdly enough, Romeo and Juliet, uh, and it looks like digital scanning and film recording, lead two D artist. So yeah, sounds like he's got kind of got his uh, foot in the door with some uh, special effects in the early nineties or in the mid nineties. So I guess that kind of makes sense. You know, Uh, you can't just go into film and say, I want to be a director. That's really difficult. A lot of people who want to be directors probably will never get a chance to do it. So it makes sense that he would probably have started somewhere else. And then once he had the chance, now that he's proven himself, you know, been in the industry for like what 20 years then and uh, finally getting his chance. So interesting. Interesting. Netflix's guess for me was a three. And what we got for me? Oh, I'm at a four. Look at that. Dang. You get, you know, it's, it's funny. I feel like sometimes we don't necessarily think the same things about some of these movies, but we actually have fairly close, usually within like one point of each other, uh, recommendations or Netflix guesses. So I can't uh, think for myself. So I just, you know, yeah, I just steal you just go with stuff. the flow. Yeah, good, good. Steal my stuff. Steal more of my stuff. We'll yeah, have man. something to talk about. We we'll have something in common. <laughs> you got well, it, Jason. This Lucas. looks pretty sad to me. This next, uh, this next bit here. Well, you have, you have to be on Twitter to get requests from Twitter. Uh, that's true. You were too busy messing with other things. You I know, mean, the, the I, I mean, some somebody else could make a, an appearance on Twitter. But, I I uh, went on. I had five notifications, and I said, uh, <laughs> "I said a thing." So you're good for another thirty five, thirty six days. That's right. That's right. Oh, there you go. There you go. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, we to, to, in defense, we haven't really asked any questions, and we haven't like asked for any like questions to be asked of us too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just have to do that sometimes. That's Make, true. To do uh, to make things awake, you know, it's, it, it, it's work. I mean, it doesn't seem like asking a question is work, but sometimes it is when you're trying to think of a good question or something that relates to the podcast and, and stuff like that. So sometimes you got to take a well, break from that. Yeah, I, and on the you know the opposite side of things like that, you know, when I see other shows, experts and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll submit something. I go, oh, crap, I don't know what to, you know, I don't yeah. know. What to, I don't. I want to ask something that's decent, not. Uh, not just crap for the sake of asking. Not just it, doing you know? it because they said to ask you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I will take this time. Note that our uh, introduction this week was done other than Nathan Thomas from That's Entertaining and uh, the Holocron Console. So, thank you for your contribution again, Nathan. Yes. We appreciate Very that. Very entertaining. Um, anyone Very else well that, done, too, by yes. the way. Anyone else that's jumped on the show or recently started listening, caught a few episodes, thanks for uh, checking us out. Thanks for doing that if you're uh you got the time how about a little review a review a new lingy dingy dingy you know a, a review a review review 
I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and because it was asked of us, and I thought, man, you know, I haven't quite done that in a while. Um, yeah, people, if you want to follow the show, the show is at FluxDeposed on Twitter. Or if you want to follow us for some unparent, unknown, ungodly reason, uh, I am at J.W. Lacey. <clears throat> and you can find Lucas at, at metal underscore riff. And yes. as I have said on Twitter, and I'll say it again, it's like getting a hold of him on Twitter. It's like a Bigfoot sighting. If if you're if you witness it, I mean, this it's going to change your life. You know, it will. Hey, I may not say I may not say much, but when I do say say something, it's phenomenal. A hammer drops. Everyone stops and listens. Yes, Man, like, a few words. Like this, but those words Lucas, at heavy metal riff one hour ago. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Very, very profound. It was a, a very profound affirmation of conversation. Let's see here. Let, let's check out your stats here. You've uh, 149 tweets. Sadly, I think some people probably eclipse that in one day. Probably. But see, that's the thing. I'm the same way in face on Facebook. I just. I don't, uh, I don't have a lot Facebook. to I don't have a lot to post about and what I Facebook, do Facebook become the hey my life is better than yours this is why <laughs> yes that is true that it, it's just a it's called it should be called life comparison simulator oh, or God. something yeah you said it man and boy but uh, boy yeah yeah ah. well there you go there you there go you go there you go so well let's see we're creeping closer to e3. Uh, Battle of the Beer. Oh, how I forget. We have not had a ch- man. Life has kind of kicked us in the butt on that. I've been so busy, and once again this weekend I'll be out of town again. So uh, I don't know when we're going to get that thing shot at this point. Uh, maybe one of these weekends. So that's why you're not seeing that on the old YouTube. It's not dead. It's just man. I you always talk about how your life is busy in the summer, and it's not barely summer now, and I'm already I'm like booked up all the time. I feel like I hate it. Yeah. It, well, it's just. Especially something like that where you, even though it doesn't take a whole day, it kind of does in a weird way because you get in that – well, first of all, you're drinking beer kind of early in the day, earlier than you normally would if you had plans yes. in the evening. Maybe, so. maybe for you. Maybe for me. Yeah, sure. Well, liquor in the liquor in the afternoon, beer in the evening. Wait, That's who are you licking? Ah, gosh. <laughs> you should make t-shirts, clearly. Bucks to Post uh, Podcast, who are you licking? So, but anyways, all that to say that, I mean, it does just having a busy weekend. It's just like, well, not going to be able to fit it in here. Yep. And you work throughout the week. So just like when I'm like, oh, I've got some time to play some games. I should play one of these cool single players and launch dirty bomb. It's true. It's true. Which was replaced by and watch awesome nuts. That is also true. But hey, that's I mean, yeah. you get some uh, social interaction there with with us fine folk of the internet. By the way, I find that online gaming like that, like competitive online gaming, is about eighty or twenty percent playing the the actual game, like you know, just doing your thing, and then eighty percent bitching about what's happening in the game. <laughs> And you can't help yourself. Uh, so, like, effing mines. God, all they do is throw mine. Man, I feel like all they do is frag, throw frag grenades. Oh, God. We're getting teamed up with this guy again. This sucks. Dude, you nailed it. That's totally what it's like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, hey, it's been happening since the first days of Counter-Strike. So, yep. 
Exactly. You what know, are you going to do? You got it. And I can't think of better what better words of enlightenment to leave the listeners with today. So we will leave you with that today. <laughs> the show is, there you go. show is done. That brings episode 66, Execute Order 66, to a close. And we will uh, we'll be back next time on episode 67. Maybe I'll have – well, you'll probably find out through hateful words on Twitter if – if my claim is processed or not so ah that's true hopefully i'll have uh i'll be preaching joy and success otherwise i've had to sell the domain to make money to pay for my repairs the show is now done <laughs> sell the show to a wealthy texas oil man yep exactly so by half of I'm myself an man. and lucas and daniel plainview the show is done farewell bye See you later